0: Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon, is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so, we hope you find that, and we hope you enjoy this message today. To be back with you, going into a new sermon series and. I, you know, I got to be honest with you, there were times where when I was out over the, you know, the past six, eight weeks, um, I was like, man, I don't even know if I'll be up here again, and isn't it amazing what God can do we put our faith and put our trust in them, and I want to give a big, 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 huge, amazing shout out, and thank you to, first of all, my wife, Ashley because she has been my rock through so many days, so many conversations. Ashley, come on up here. But then I also want to give a big shout out to my family. Come on up here, guys. Come on up here. Come on up here, guys. Come on. Come on. Man, I just want to tell you, no matter what you're going through today, if you have people around you that love you and you know that they love you, and my family, I know that this family loves me, and their opinion of me is really the only thing that matters besides God's, and I just want to let you know that I just appreciate them so much. I appreciate you, Mabry, I love you, (laughs) and Brooks, and Landry. So many times where, and we're going to talk about joy today, and this is why I brought them up here. Hey, Mabry, Mabry, can you say joy? Yeah. Say joy. Yeah. <laughs> so many days where these guys brought me joy. So many conversations that I had with Ashley um, that got me back to this place. And so, if you wouldn't mind, would you just um, just stand to your feet and give a big standing ovation to my family? love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Man, today's been good already. That worship, so good. And I'm excited to be here with you starting summer Bible study when I was really praying about what the Lord wanted to do um, over the summer. I, I just was like, man, i had been getting into the word so much more in my own life. And I believe that God was saying, I want you to teach your church and to teach Christians how to legitimately read and study and eat the Bible. Because I I believe that that we're in a generation that really doesn't really, really know how to really do this. And so I wanted our church to be in the word of God because the word of God is our hope. I I heard a story this week and there was this man who was a farmer. And then um, one day, another person came back from India. And this was in the time when in India, there was this like, galore of diamonds that were everywhere, apparently, right? And so this guy comes back from India and he goes, man, if you want to make a lot of money for your family, then you need to move to India and there you can find diamonds, and the guy went back to his family and he said, We've got to sell our farm. We've got to sell our land. We've got to move to India because in India is where the diamonds are. In India is our hope for our future. In India is everything that we need. And so they sold their farm. And they moved to India and year after year after year after year of mining until finally 10, 15 years later, he had not found a single diamond and he decided that there was no more hope and he ended up killing himself. All the while, the next farmer that bought his farm, two weeks after he had bought the farm, goes out into the field and begins to plow And as he is plowing in the field, he comes across this black rock. And he picked it up, and he dusted it off, and he saw it was kind of clear, and he didn't really know what it was. He just thought it was a cool little rock, and he put it on his mantle above his fireplace in the house that he had just bought. And the local pastor in that town came in to visit that guy. And he looked up on the mantle, and he said, do you know what that is? And the farmer said, no, I don't know, some rock that I found out there plowing the field. And he goes, that is a humongous diamond. And they went back out in the field, and they found diamond after diamond after diamond. In fact, it was known as the best diamond field in all of England, where the Queen of England decided that she would get her diamonds from that moment on. Do you know how many diamonds are in this book? Do you know that the hope that you are looking for Do you know that the life that you are wanting to live, that this book has everything in it that you need to go and live your life. There are so many diamonds in the word of God and it's setting right there and so many of us are passing it every single day, not digging into it and never finding the diamonds that will enhance our lives and give us the success and give us the future that we need. Open up this book and find the diamonds that are right in front of you. Stop going to Oprah. Stop going to self-help. Stop going to the podcast. Stop going to all of these other places and open up the word of God because it's the diamonds that you need. That's why this is so important. Are we feeding off the Bible? I I mean, Christians, so many Christians in the 20-something years that I've done ministry, I've had Christians, Christians, baby Christians, Christians... But baby Christians, Christians, but baby Christians, and you know why I know they're baby Christians? Because they say something like this, I'm leaving your church because you're not feeding me. I didn't know that was my job. I I didn't know it was the church's job to feed you. Because here's why I know that. Because in marriage, I did not marry Ashley so that she could feed. Feed me. Because if I go up to Matt, and I'm like, hey, Matt, man, I'm leaving Ashley. What? Why are you leaving your wife? She just doesn't feed me, Matt. Every day I come home, and there's not a sandwich right there waiting on me. At nighttime, there's no steak dinners. In the morning, there's no pancakes and eggs and bacon, and she's not feeding me, and so I am leaving her. I hope at that moment that Matt Bowden would grab me by the shoulders and slap me in the face as hard as he possibly can and go, it's not her job to feed you. Go to the the refrigerator and make yourself a sandwich, Josh, okay? (laughs) Hey, Christian, it's not my job to feed you. Go to the refrigerator, open up the word of God, And feed yourself and see how much more joy you come in here next Sunday with. Amen? Because if you count on this church to feed you, you are going to be a malnourished Christian and you're probably going to die. Can you imagine eating only one meal? And it may be a big old meal too, right? It may be the super buffet at Golden Corral or wherever it is that you want to go into. And you just like eat it up, right? You're like for two hours, I'm just eating and eating and eating and worshiping and worshiping and worshiping. Oh, it's awesome. But then you go home and you don't ever feed yourself anything in the word of God. And then you wonder why your life has no power. You wonder why. Because we're not digging. We're not feeding ourselves. I want to teach you how to feed yourself. Can I do that? I really want to teach you how to feed yourself because it's in feeding yourself that the power is going to come. It's in feeding ourselves that this church will grow. It's in feeding ourselves that everything that we are looking for and really, 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 really wanting to get out of life and feeding ourselves in the Word of God, that that's when we will begin to see growth. So I wanted to start with the Bible this summer because according to Romans chapter 15 verse 4, and this is going to be just in my Bible right here. I didn't put it on the screen. But God gave me this verse this morning. This is why the Bible is so important. It says, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. The scriptures were given to you so that you could live in hope and endure in all things. See, Christians are supposed to be hope dealers. Do you know that? She's supposed to be out in the streets, out in the workplace, out everywhere we go, just dealing hope. Hey, you want some hope? Here it is. Hey, you want some hope? Here it is. Hey, you want some hope? Here it is. Let me give you some encouragement. Let me give you some hope so you can endure in all things. Because I'm getting some hope so I can endure in all things through the Word of God. This is what the Word of God told me this morning when I was in it. What's the Word of God told you today? You know what? You don't know? Well, then let me tell you. Here's what He told me, and I'm just dealing some hope here. It's called the Word of God. And don't we need a little bit more hope in this world, y'all? Yeah. We do. And so the Word of God was given so you would be filled with hope. I need some hope. That's why I got to learn to dig into it. So we're going to start with this book called Philippians. And it is the book of joy. The reason why I had Mabry say joy to you, and she does it at home, uh, and, and she'd just go, Joya. Joya joy. And it just fills my heart with joy every time she says it. Well, the book of Philippians is the book on joy, but it's really interesting that it would be the book of joy because it was written out of Paul's prison cell. But Paul wants to encourage the church in this letter to never give up And to keep on rejoicing in all things. He says, when I'm at my lowest in this prison cell, then I'm going to encourage someone else. Is that what you do when you're sitting in your prison cell? Are you still thinking about how you can rejoice in all things? Are we still thinking about telling other people, I may be in prison, but never give up. Keep on rejoicing in all things. Another reason why this is the book of joy is because the word joy or rejoicing appears 18 times in a short little letter to the Philippian church. And, and I believe that if we would take Philippians chapter 1 and really apply it into our lives that we'd find five things. What if I today were to come up to you and we're talking over a cup of coffee or, or some uh, water or uh, whatever it is and... I go, hey, do you know that you could have a life full of divine grace and supernatural peace? You'd be like, oh, okay, tell me more. Well, what if I was today to tell you that you could have a life of knowing a wonderful father? You're like, oh, oh, okay, tell me more. Well, what, what if I was today I was to tell you that you could have a life of beyond measure growing and increasing in love every single day? Would you want it? What if I were to tell you that you can live a life of courage and it would inspire others to be courageous and bold? And what if I were to tell you that you can live a life where you would rejoice no matter what? You'd be like, hey, sign me up for that, please. Like, where do I sign? Okay, yeah, I'll I'll buy the condo, the the timeshare, whatever it is, I need that life. Did did you know that this is what chapter 1 of Philippians talks about? Giving us all five of these things. And so I want to start in verse 2. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 2, it says, may the blessings of divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from God, our wonderful Father, and our Messiah, the Lord Jesus, be upon your life. May divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from our divine, heavenly, wonderful Father, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, flow from your life. Let me ask you a question. Is there divine grace that flows from your life? Because in Philippians chapter 1, if you will follow Philippians chapter 1, it says that you and I can have a life of divine grace and supernatural peace. Man, I want divine grace on my life. I want divine grace for my relationships. And when someone sins against me, to be able to go, okay, yes, they sinned against me, but I'm going to give them a divine grace. Why would you give them that grace, Josh? Do you not know what they did to you? This morning, I was in a coffee shop, and I saw this dude that I ministered to in Tampa, Florida for almost four years of his life, from the time he was a stinking freshman to the time he was a senior in high school, had him over my house. I cannot tell you how many times I had so many conversations with this guy, and then he went to college and then um he he basically just severed our relationship every time he sees me he's like hey what's up you know hey what's up and I'm sitting there going yeah man dude do you want to take the knife out of my back you know what God told me (laughs) this morning when I saw him divine grace because there's probably somebody Josh that you betrayed it's probably somebody, Josh, that they feel like they've got a knife and they're back from you. And I've given you grace for that, so why don't you give this guy grace and just let it go? Divine grace in your relationships. Paul says, may divine grace in Jesus. That's how we get divine grace it's not in ourselves it is in Jesus because then when we look at the cross and we see what God did on the cross and we see what Jesus did on the cross then and we claim that that is our peace and we claim that the cross is our grace then how can we not give divine grace to others but i also need divine grace for myself too Divine grace for when that saw that guy and it just had those, those ugly feelings in me of bitterness and envy or whatever else. And, and, and God goes, hey, um I know you're going to show divine grace to you. And then th- what we can do is go, man, uh, dude, I failed in showing somebody divine grace. Man, I was supposed to, but I saw that dude and it still made me mad. And now I'm just going to go beat myself up over that because I'm not the perfect super Christian and I'm never going to do this and this and this. And God goes, hey, hey, you already given him divine grace. Now you give yourself divine grace. I'm covering you in it. Is that your life? Do you let divine grace flow from you? How about supernatural peace? Man, I want some supernatural peace in my life. Maybe you need to just go through tomorrow at work and go, I've got supernatural peace, just like that. Maybe you need to go into your next um, you know, meal w- with your in laws and go, supernatural peace. Whatever it is, supernatural peace. I got supernatural peace on my life that flows from Jesus because he is the author of peace. He gives peace. He came so that you and I could live in peace with one another and ultimately with God. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 that we'll live a life full of divine grace and supernatural peace. You know what supernatural peace looks like? Sometimes it's just slowing your life down, you know. What God told me when I was on sabbatical for those six weeks, "Hey, Josh, this is not a race." Like, like, like for me, you know, I, I'm going to turn 38 uh, in in August, and 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 there's part of me that's like, "Well, God, if, if you haven't done this by the time I'm 40, that I then I should just quit, or or I should just go on and do something else, or, or like, what are you doing, God? Don't you see? Time is tick, 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 ticking, tick, 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 ticking. God, come on, please." This is a race. Don't you know that? And he's, he's like, what if some of your best ministry doesn't happen until you're 52, Josh? Because this is not a race. So why don't you just accept the peace that I'm giving you right now in this situation. Just let me lead you. And hey, look over there. There's some flowers. The other day I was on a prayer walk and I'm, I'm starting to notice the flowers. The flowers. How many times have you walked by the very thing that God wants you to see to give you peace in your now? But you have so much anxiety. You have so much, well, I just got to get to that. I just got to do, do, do. I just got to check Instagram for the 500th time today. Guess what? I'm not on. I'm not on Instagram anymore. It's awesome. I love it. I have so much more peace in my life. I have so much more everything. in my life. It's just amazing for me not to be on it and comparing my life to other people and all this other stuff. And you go, well, you should just be more mature, Pastor Josh, and you should celebrate everybody on there. Well, I'm not because Jesus says that if it causes you to sin, then cut it off. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to take it to your word because this is just not healthy for me right now. Maybe one day it will be and I can go on it and I can just celebrate everybody's wins and all these other things. And if you're my friend, I celebrate you. I love you. But, but you have to know that there's some envy and comparison and jealousy and all this other crap that happens on Instagram and it doesn't make you very happy. And so why don't you just cut it off because maybe you'll have more peace in your life. Supernatural peace. I'm going. I'm deciding to be serious about supernatural peace. I pray for peace on my life. I pray for peace on this church. I pray for peace on my home. I pray for peace on my kids. I pray for peace, because I know that I need a supernatural peace. We were not created just to go from one thing to the other thing to the next thing to the next thing to this meeting to this meeting to this meeting. No, you need supernatural peace. And so do I. I need some supernatural peace. What does the life of a Christian, someone that's really following Jesus, look like? It looks like divine grace and supernatural peace. Is that what our lives look like? Do you have both of those things in your life? The second thing that Philippians chapter 1 tells us in verse 2 is that we will have a supernatural peace that flows from God, our wonderful Father. Do you know God as a wonderful Father today? A wonderful father, a good, good father, is who he is. And we are loved by him. It's who we are. A wonderful father. And grace, divine grace and supernatural peace flow from him. A wonderful father. You see, how you see God, I heard a theologian say this one day, what your view of God means everything about you. How do you view God? Do you view him as angry? Do you view him as judgmental? Do you view him as somebody that wants to just take you out and just send you to hell because of the next bad thing that you do? Or do you view him as graceful? Do you view him as loving? Do you view him as somebody that you can actually cuddle up in his arms and you can put your chest on him just like Mabry puts her chest on me? The other night I was rocking her to sleep and and she was just like rubbing my arm just like this. And it was like God rubbing my arm. Just going, hey, the way you're holding her, that's the way I'm holding you right now, son. I am your wonderful father who loves you. And gives you love. A wonderful father gives you love. A wonderful father gives you a place. A wonderful father speaks identity over you. A wonderful father is singing pleasures over you. You need to look in the mirror and not listen to your own voice. Listen to God's voice to say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I think you're awesome. I sent my son to die for you. That's how much I love you. I am your wonderful father. I am your wonderful father. See, I am becoming to know God, not how I see Him, because I didn't have the greatest father experience in my life, and sometimes I project that on God, but how He actually is. He is not your dad. He is your perfect, wonderful father. So for some of you, you need to stop seeing Him how you see your earthly father or your earthly mother or your earthly paternal figure, and you need to start going to the Word of God and actually reading who He is and actually saying, this is who you are. Forgive me for putting this on you, God, because that's not who you are. This is who you are. You're my wonderful father. But He's also a wonderful father that fights for you and will protect you. (laughs) Hey, do you get that? He's a wonderful father who fights for you and protects you. All right, y'all are flowing, so let me just just put it there. You ever seen Chuck Norris? Anybody in here? Like back in the day, Chuck Norris, he was like the man, right? And And so if Chuck Norris were my father... Then all I would have to do, it doesn't matter. Okay, you want to bully me? I may be five foot four and short and white and all this other stuff, but you look who my dad is. He's standing right behind me. Oh, hey, dad, come on, get in front of me. Here's these bullies, and guess what? Those bullies are going to run. Because Chuck Norris is right there, and he's my daddy. I'm sitting there and I'm going, yeah, y'all ain't nothing. I'll say anything to you because you are a little uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're going back to the sandlot, baby, and I'm going to go and say all types of little things about you. You know why I can't do that? Because I got my dad right in front of me. So bring it on, Satan. I've got my dad right here in front of me. He follows me everywhere I go. He's in front of me. He's beside me. He's behind me. He is all wrapping presence around my life. Can somebody come on, stand up and shout for a God that protects and fights for you? Come on, church. Woo! I want to preach this morning. I'm getting excited. He is like, like, come on, people. That's absolutely amazing. The enemy has nothing on you when you stand in light of your wonderful father and let him fight for you. See, on the days that I was at my weakest, when when I, I was just letting anxiety fill my brain and all this other stuff, was the day that I wasn't remembering who my dad is. Was the days that I wasn't remembering what a wonderful father I have and how he fights for me and how he protects me every single day. Paul says, you need to know from the very beginning, Philippian church, I mean, the very first like meaty verse. He goes in and goes, you have a wonderful father. Christian, do you know that you have a wonderful father? See, I, I, I brought out two amazing points in only one verse of Scripture. What would happen in your life if you would start digging into the Word of God and applying it? The third thing that Philippians chapter 1 leads us to is found in verse 9. Paul prays. He says, I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure. Bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight into all things. How do you pray this for your life? That your life would grow and increase, uh, that your life, that your love would grow and increase beyond measure. I remember one time I was in middle school. uh, Actually, I was going into my freshman year of of high school. And we went on a trip um, to Niagara Falls. Anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? Um, And it was kind of cool because you see this gigantic waterfall. And I remember we told this one guy on my youth group that you can rent barrels and go off the falls. He's like, oh, really, man? That's awesome. I'm like, no, you are gullible. Hello? You cannot do that. You would die. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anybody got that friend? Yeah. You're like I cannot believe that guy just really believed that for for even a split second, you know. But we're in Niagara Falls, and I just remember the power of those falls. Just like, just beating down. I mean, it was absolutely insane the amount of water coming out of this fall. It was beyond measure. Like, like I, I, there, there, there was. There's nothing that I think a man could make that would measure the amount of water that's coming out of that fall. And I started to wonder this morning. I was like, what if our lives were growing and increasing just like that waterfall beyond measure with God's love? What if this church would be known for the love of God, its people, would be known that our love would increase and grow beyond measure, that it would just be like a waterfall of love all over the city, a waterfall of love all over your children, a waterfall of love all over your marriage, a waterfall of love all over your friendships. It's just this humongous, beyond-growing, ever-increasing, beyond-measure love that would flow from our lives. That's what I want. But the saddest thing is that I look at a lot of people that claim to know God and and, and you know what's growing and increasing in their life? It's not love, it's bitterness. It's not love, it's anger. It's not righteousness, it's unrighteousness. It's not love, sometimes it actually looks like hate. But what if we would pray the Word of God? You see, see, this is the, the, the thing. When you read the Word of God, you don't just come to it just to read it. You read it to pray it. See, he's telling us something that we should pray here. He's like, hey, Philippians, this is something that I continue to pray for. This is probably, which means, hey, when you're reading the word and Paul says this is something I'm praying for, that should be like, uh, 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 oh, this is an apostle that's assigned by God. So if he's praying for something, maybe I should start praying for this too. And so he's going, ding, 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 ding. Hey, Philippians, if I'm praying that you would be growing and increasing beyond measure in your love, then you should be praying that for yourself. I wonder what would happen if we would come to the Word of God and we would go, hey, I'm going to pray this Philippians nine for myself and that we would grow and increase beyond measure in love. And if we do that, then we will. it will bring us into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. See, I want spiritual insight in all things. I don't want my insight. You need spiritual insight in your decision making. You need spiritual insight in the way that you lead your relationships. You need spiritual insight on what to do, whether you should take the job, whether you should move to that city, whether you should do this or that. You need spiritual insight. Where does it start? By you praying that you would have an ever-growing, increasing, beyond measure of love that flows from God, and then you will be blessed in spiritual revelation and insight for your current decision that you're getting ready to make. Sounds good. Sign me up. The fourth thing that we find in Philippians chapter 1 is that, that God wants us to live a life of courage. Find this in verse 14. Paul writes and says, what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold and passionate, to preach the word of God all because of my chains. I want more courage in my life. I don't want more comfort. Now, that's hard to say because you know what that means? There's this author that talks about that. She says that every single day that she wakes up, she puts her feet to the ground and she decides that she's going to live a life of courage and not comfort. And you know what that looks like? Looks like what the president, Teddy Roosevelt, wrote back in the day called, he wrote this piece called The Man in the Arena. The man in the arena, the woman in the arena is the one that has stepped out in courage. Courage and has failed many, many times. It's the man or the woman that is getting beat up, and their face is bloodied, but then they get back up the next day, and they go back at it again. It's the one that knows what it is like to try, and then to fail, but then to succeed too. And they fail, and they fail, and they fail, but then they succeed again, and again, and again too. But they are the ones that have to get up every single morning, not knowing what is around the bend, but I'm going to wake up, and put my feet down on this floor, and go, forget comfort today. I'm living for a life of courage. What if the church actually started living like that? That's what Paul is talking about right here. He says, I may be in prison, but what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous. Now, that sounds a little weird, Paul, because you are in jail. You would think that all the other Christians that go, well, if Paul's in jail, if Paul's going to get killed, if Paul is going to be martyred, if Paul's going to get beaten, then maybe I should just shut up about this Jesus thing. We live in a society right now that's like, hey, shut up about your Jesus thing. I'm not saying that we're the bullhorn people at work, right? You are dying and going to hell. Can somebody please, 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 please give me like $5,000 so I can rent that billboard out there that's right there in front of our church? I'm serious, uh, and, and and just uh, and, and, and we can change that billboard, because that's not, you know, every time I drive by, it's like, did you know that if you're going to heaven or hell right now, judgment, 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 not wonderful father. I don't want people seeing that sign when they pull into our church, so please, can somebody help me out and rent that sign? I'm serious. <laughs> I, b- b- because when I read the Bible, I don't want people, I want people knowing love I want, I want, I want people that, that, that would go look at the way that that person is living their life they, they they're literally in in, in in what looks like a prison but 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 yet when I see them and the way that they're going through their trial and the way that they're going through their imprisonment and the way that they're going through their depression in the way that they're going through their, their 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 marriage and their relationship that needs restoration the way that they're going through their singleness right now the way that they're doing this and this and this it makes me want to step up and be even more courageous it makes me want to step up and even be more bold with the love of God see that's what Paul is saying that when you will step up and live a life of courage and and even in your imprisonment that it will make others more bold and others more passionate and let me tell you something will you please just live from that don't let other people shut you up don't let the workplace that says, well, you can't talk about this and this and this. Well, you know what you can talk about? <laughs> so, yeah, I was reading this book this morning, and it's got some really cool philosophy in it. Oh, yeah? Well, what did it say? Oh, well, it, it talks about, like, living from divine grace and supernatural peace and, 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 and just kind of, like, where that flows from. Like, it's really kind of cool, you know? And I've really applied it into my life, and this is how it, it's happened. da 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 Man, I, I, need, I, I need some of that. Where'd you get that from? Oh, well, it's a book. It's, it's called the Bible. It's the best-selling book ever made. I haven't told anybody in that conversation that they're dying and going to hell, but what I have done is given them hope and a place to find it for their own lives. Like, yeah, I read it every morning. It really helps me out. Maybe it would help you be more courageous. Maybe it would help you be more bold in your faith if you would just pick it up and read it for yourself. I'll even buy you one. Woo, come on. And if you do, I'd really recommend the Passion Translation. It's really changing my life. It's awesome. The fifth thing that that we see from Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Yet, in spite of all of this, I am overjoyed. (laughs) In spite of being in a prison cell, in spite of the dirty rats that are crawling all over this place, in spite of the beatings that I have had for the gospel, in spite of the people that want to kill me, in spite of the people that are telling me to shut up, I'm overjoyed. What? Paul, that makes no sense. For what does it matter as long as Christ is being preached? If they preach Him with mixed motives or genuine love, the message of Christ is still being preached. And I will continue to rejoice. Say it again. I will continue to rejoice. Say it with me, church. I will continue to rejoice. Say it louder like you mean it. I will continue to rejoice. There you go. Because... This is why he's overjoyed. This is why he continues to rejoice even in a prison cell. Because I know that the lavish supply of the Spirit of Jesus, the Anointed One, and your intercession. Let me tell you something. When people are in a prison cell, they need the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit, but they also need your intercession. What does intercessory prayer mean? Intercession is when you are praying for someone Basically, on their behalf, you're going, hey, I'm going to pray for Josh the way that maybe Josh can't pray for himself. I'm going to intercede on his behalf. And so Paul goes, I know that I have a church and friends that not only is the Holy Spirit, Spirit giving me a lavish supply of himself. But then I also know that you're in Philippi right now interceding for me. And guess who is interceding for you on behalf of the Father? His name is Jesus. And so when you don't think anybody else is praying for you, you need to know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he is praying. He is interceding for you on your behalf. So when you feel all alone, you're not alone. When you feel like you just want to die, you don't need to die because Jesus is right there. He is interceding for you on your behalf. But then you also need to pick up the phone and go, hey, I'm feeling this. I got a lavish supply of the Spirit, but I need you to intercede on me. I don't even know what to pray for, but you, but you just pray for me like you know me. Do you have those people in your life? Because if you do, it will lead to a life of rejoicing no matter what. Because he says, I'm rejoicing because I've got a lavish supply of the Holy Spirit, and I know that there are people that are interceding for me that will bring about my deliverance. What are you going through right now? Do you believe there's a way out? That's where joy comes from. Is knowing no matter what there's a way out. I will be overjoyed because I've got a lavish supply of the spirit. I have people that are interceding for me on my behalf and I know full well that those things will lead to my deliverance. There are no dead ends with Jesus. No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ. What are you clinging to? Your bank account? What are you clinging to? That relationship? That flawed person that you're like, please love me perfectly. They can't. They're human. Or are you clinging to the eternal, to the everlasting, to the one who died for you, to the wonderful Father, to the one that fights for you, to the one that protects you, for the one that has a wraparound presence around your life? Are you clinging to him? I will continue to cling to him, for he is my hope. I will passionately cling to him. It's like, no, I ain't letting you go. I've got my sumo grip on you, God, and there is nothing in the whole entire world that can ever get my hands off of you. It's Jacob that's wrestling with God, going, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm not letting go until you deliver me. I am not letting go, and I will forever hold on to you because that's how I will have joy even in my imprisonment that's how I will live a life of continued rejoicing because I'm clinging on to a hope that is so much more eternal than anything else that I'm looking at right now it is a forever passionate hope so I will cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes so I will not be ashamed in my life or in my death Christ will be magnified in me My true life is the anointed one, and dying means gaining more of him. Do you want more of him in your life? Then die to you. You want a life of continued rejoicing? Then go, God, I lay down my dreams, and I build my life on yours. He's just preaching one of the themes of the gospel, which is less of me and more of you. That's where joy is. The more you just want for you, the more miserable you're gonna be. The more you just want for him, the more fulfilled and the more purposed. And the more walking in your true destiny that you will become. And the more joy you will have. That's why people will look at your life and go, you're in a prison cell, but yet you have an eternal joy. This isn't Pollyanna. This isn't Ren and Stimpy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy. This is pure joy unfiltered, unadulterated joy that can can just flow from your life, if you would apply the Word of God into your life. So we want to help you apply the Word of God. So the first thing that we want to invite everyone here to do, and it'll probably be on our social media as well, is we're going to do a YouVersion plan over the next, like, 20-something days together. Um, and if you don't have YouVersion, you don't know what it is. It's just an app on your phone. It's a Bible app on your phone. And then you can go, and it says, find a plan. And we'll actually put it on Instagram today, and you'll actually have a link to that plan that you can just go, boom, and we'll click that. And we're going to start that as a church, and every single day over the next 20-something days, we want you to dig into Philippians for yourself, because you go, oh, man, that's great. The Pastor Josh is so passionate about Philippians chapter 1. Well, guess what? I want you to be passionate about Philippians chapter 1. So how can you do that? By getting into the Word of God. And, and, and so we're going to start that, and, and that'll be on um, uh, Instagram today, and so you can look for that. But I, what I want to show you is a way to do that, because you're going to read it, and it's going to have this thing on it called soap, okay? Okay? we're going to hand this out to every single person here. So go ahead and be handing this out to everybody. And this is what I want you to do while you are studying the Word of God. You may have your own plan because you may be going, hey, Pastor Josh, man, I, 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 I've been feeding myself, and there are some Christians that are in here. You feed yourself on the Word of God, and you are mature, and you have divine grace, and you have supernatural peace, and you have all these things in your life. And, and then there's some other people that you just kind of like, you know, you, you, you're like, okay, what does God have for me today? Oh, boom, 2 Corinthians, popcorn, here it is. I, I need to tell you yes, God can bless you with that one little verse that you popcorn found in the Bible. But um, when you decide to get healthy, follow me for just one second because I'm almost done. When you decide to get healthy, um, there's two types of people in January that go into the gym, right? There's those that go in with a plan, and then there's those that are just like, I'm going in, I'm going to be Superman. Here I am. I'm going to lose 15 pounds in two weeks. And they have no plan. They've done no research. They, 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 they're just going in blind. They're like, I don't know. Oh, that machine looks fun. Let me get on that one. Boom, boom. Oh, this is awful. And because they have no plan, they fizzle out in the first two weeks of January. So you're like, that was me this year. But when you go in with a plan, then it'll help you. And it'll provide more health. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So we want to use this thing called Soap. And so basically, all I want you to do is, is download that, that, that app, and then I want you to go and I want you to follow. It'll be on Facebook as well too if you're not on Instagram. And, um, but first of all, just spend like two or three minutes of going, this is what I'm grateful for. Being grateful will open up God. When you come to him and you just go, I am thankful for this house. I am thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for the car. I'm thankful that I have the money in the bank to pay for the car. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful every morning. That's one of the first things I try to do It's just try to list the things that I'm actually thankful for. And then you write, here's some of the things I'm praying for. And then you go into the first letter of soap, which is scripture. And that will be provided for you on your you version. If you, you want to do something else, you can do that as well, too. And then you go, here's the observation, the O. Here's what I observed off of that scripture that I read. And then you write down the application. Here's what I can apply to my situation today off of what I've just read. And then you have a prayerful response, the P, and you end it in prayer. And you go, God, I want to respond in prayer to you today. It takes about 20 minutes if you're going to do it right. You go, I don't have 20 minutes. We'll start with something, first of all. And then if you don't have 20 minutes, you and I need to chat about your life because you're way too busy. And you need to do what, I bought this candle, and I put it on, and it sits in our living room. And the reason why I love the candle, because you know what it says on the candle? It's a candle called, relax. And so I put it on, and I look up there, and and God goes, relax. Relax we all think of like the, the 80s or 90s, song, relax, go to it, da-da-da-da-da, do it, right, you know? But you just need to relax. Because this 20 minutes will change your life. I'll make you a promise. If you'll do this over the summer with me, and I guarantee, if, if if you don't come back more happy, more fulfilled, then you can call me a liar for the rest of your life if you want to. But I really, 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 really believe that if you'll actually get into the Word of God and you'll use this soap process that I just gave to you. Because, see, what's so cool about this sermon series that we do is, like, I'm just, like, opening up my Bible and, like, I'm going, this this is just what God has, like, showed me. And now I'm just going to come to my church and be like, look at this, guys. Isn't that awesome? Like, you guys are my friends, and I'm just sitting at coffee with you, and I'm, like, so excited. And, and, and people in the restaurant would be like, why is that guy so loud? But it would just be, like, me sharing my heart. I would love to see your Bible. That you go, wow, I'm getting so much out of this. I want to encourage you, do the U Version plan. I want to actually encourage you too, to go and buy an actual Bible and mark it up, and tear it up, okay? Because there's stuff in a, in a U-version plan on your cell phone that you're not making notes on it, you're not able to highlight, you're not able to, to crisscross and applesauce and all these other things in the Bible, right? But when you have one that's like tangible, man, you can mark that up, you can write prayers in it. Beside of these verses, you can do all this stuff. I want the word of God to become active and alive. I want you to close your eyes The band's going to come back up And as they do What did the word of God speak to you about today? Our prayer team is going to be right up here. If you need supernatural peace, if you need divine grace in your life, if you want that that beyond measure, overflowing love to be just overflowing from within you. If you want to live a life that will make you more bold and courageous and other people would become more courageous and bold because of the life that you're living. Can I tell you the world is tired of seeing like boring Christianity. That's why there's a lot of people that aren't here. Because they're just like, man, I've been to church. Religion is dumb. An intimate relationship with a wonderful father is where it is at. Let me say that again. Religion is dumb. Religion won't bring anything into your life. But an intimate relationship with a wonderful father, that's where it's at. How do you grow in intimacy with God? You open up the Word of God. It's there to give you hope every single day. It's not there to be a book of laws and regulations. It is a book of hope. It is a book of hope. It's a book of of poetry. It's a it's a book of 140 characters, you know, Twitter tweets and proverbs. It's a book of hope. And it is the diamond that you have been looking for to help you every day of your life so I just want to pray right now that every single person, especially if you know Jesus and you're walking with Him, that you would have a love for the Word of God. And that throughout the summer that the Word of God would just be more and 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 more in you. And that your love, our love would grow increasingly beyond measure and we would receive all spiritual insight from you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, just spend some time with God. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. If you need salvation, then we want to invite you to come to know Jesus today. So come up here and one of us will pray over you. And you can know Jesus today, and you can know that supernatural peace, and you can get into the Word of God, and it'll change your life forever. Whatever you need in this moment. If you want to sit there and pray, you can sit there and pray. If you want to stand and worship, you can stand and worship. Whatever it is, respond. Do not just leave.